You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Well, it's good to see you all here. Let's, uh, let's find our places and then we'll pray and then we'll get started here. So, Father, we thank you um, that um, you are here with us right now. And, uh, Lord, we thank you that... Uh, uh, you are the Lord God Almighty, the all-powerful one, and we can rest in your power uh, and in your provision that comes in that power. Uh, Lord, uh, as we explore your scripture today, we ask that uh, you would open our hearts and our minds to receive what it is that we need to receive. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you've given us instruction uh, for our benefit and so, Lord, we ask that uh, we would benefit from this teaching today and that we would be able to receive everything that you have for us. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, okay, so we've been exploring the fivefold ministry, um, uh, the uh, possible, excuse me, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the uh, pastor, and the teacher uh, as the structure of the kingdom. And uh, God gives us revelation uh, and instruction in order that uh, our lives might be better. Everything that God does for us is good. Uh, his heart, his intent is that we receive his goodness. Uh, also in that, it's important that we understand how his kingdom works. And so he's given us a structure here of individuals that are anointed or appointed by God in order to give structure to the church. And so that's what we've been exploring. We've looked primarily at the apostle and uh, the, uh, some of what of the, uh, of the prophet. Uh, we want to take a look at the others uh, today. And then we're going to do uh, some prayer, impartation prayer. Uh, and uh, all of you get to participate in that. I felt like the Lord said that uh, uh, all of us are teachers in our various areas of influence. And in that, all of you get to have the fresh impartation of teacher. Now we'll see where God goes with that after that, how we work our way up uh, in uh, power and authority. So just a couple reminders with um, the prophet. Uh, prophetic is designed to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And so just let that kind of settle in. So the prophetic, the eyes of God, the ability to see as God sees is designed to strengthen us. It's designed to encourage us, and it's designed to comfort us. Now, isn't that a good father? A good father strengthens us, encourages us, and comforts us. And uh, now, uh, some of us... Uh, may have experienced, um, and you see this in the Old Testament, where uh, it seemed like there was an awful lot of negative words <laughs> uh, for uh, the children of Israel, primarily because uh, they needed correction. And at times, we need correction. And sometimes, the prophetic will bring correction. But that correction is designed to strengthen, encourage, and comfort us. And I think that what happens sometimes is because... Um, We've seen abuses in uh, positions of power. 
we've seen abuses within the church, what's happened is it poisoned our ability to actually receive correction at times as an understanding or revelation that brings change to our lives. A good father does bring correction to us. Now, um, <clears throat> some of us uh, may have grown up in positions where, or families where there was a lot of correction. And, uh, uh, so, and sometimes it lacked <clears throat> the love aspect of that. It was maybe uh, heavy-handed um, and uh, possibly judgmental. And, and so it kind of depends upon your frame of reference based upon your family of origin and also the experiences that you've had with people in authority that can poison the ability for us to actually come uh, receive what God really wants to bring to us. Because many times we will transfer to God the way we were related to by our earthly father and by others, uh, individuals in their position of authority. And so, um, so the Lord would like to heal us of that. He'd like to heal that, that brokenness where we, that we've experienced uh, where uh, we were uh, corrected, uh, where we were condemned, where we were judged, uh, and that has hardened our hearts in our ability to hear the voice of God and to receive from God. And so, so there's healing for us, even in the midst of where we have possibly been damaged by our family of origin. So uh, with the prophetic, we, like I said, we, had, we talked about that, uh, and uh, it's available on tape. So, uh, But I just want to remind you, before we moved on to evangelist, uh, I want to remind you that the prophetic is designed to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And if we have that mindset, we are able to receive what God has from us uh, for us as a result of that. So let's move on to the evangelist. These are individuals that have been anointed and appointed by God. And see, uh, it is important to understand that there's a choice of God. Uh, and in that choice, then there is a power imparted to those individuals. So they are appointed by God, and then they are anointed by God. And so there is a choice that's made. Uh, so the evangelist is an individual who has the anointing to release the kingdom into individuals that brings about conversion. It brings about people coming into the kingdom of God. Uh, and uh, probably one of the, the greatest, uh, if you look at it from a world view, as far as an individual, Billy Graham would be considered one of the most powerful evangelists on the face of the earth. He truly was chosen by God to bring the message of salvation to a large number of people. Any of you ever worked a Billy Graham crusade? Yep, I have too. I was one of the counselors. So what you do, uh, just kind of as a side note, you, uh, uh, you meet at various churches and they begin to uh, ask people uh, if uh, you would be interested in being a counselor. Those are the individuals that get up first out of the audience, go down front, and that helps draw the other people out of the, out of the, uh, the meeting. Because people are always looking for comfort. Don't we all look for comfort? Yeah. And so, uh, so uh, if you have a prophetic word for a group of people, and it's, uh, what happens is, is that there are a lot of people that it may be touching in the congregation, 
but they're afraid to be the first one to get up and go up front. Uh, and then once someone else goes up, then you see things begin to move within the audience, uh, the congregation. And so um, uh, the uh, Billy Graham Association uh, understood that uh, if you had the counselors get up and go forward first, it gave permission for the people who were really being touched by God to get up and go down and meet with those counselors. And uh, so, uh, but the evangelist is an individual that has a special call. I know of a few people that are real evangelists. Uh, Christy Tass is one of those. Yeah? She is. And there are others. I have a brother who's very much an evangelist. Uh, it's just kind of a naturally happens. And that's one of the things that you see in the giftedness of individuals. Now, it's interesting. If I point Christy out, it's not designed to embarrass her or to create pressure because this gift or the gifts that are coming to us are God-given. And so one of the things that's so important is, is that you and I want to rest in what God calls us to do and be naturally supernatural. As people begin to point out giftedness or anointings or positions, what happens sometimes is then we begin to feel the pressure to perform. Or then we become very self-focused. And I just want to break the power of that off of your lives. I want each of us to be naturally supernatural. If that's what God is doing in your life, then let it flow. It's great. And he's the one that's doing it. Not you. But he's chosen you to do that. He's given you the grace then to do that. And so it is the appointment. And then it's also the anointing that comes to that, with that. So uh, then moving on to pastor. Pastor, um, and as we look at these individuals, we see as we get into that pastor and teacher area, that's a larger group of people than there is in the evangelist, the, uh, prof uh, the, uh, the prophet, and the apostle. Uh, remember I said it looked like kind of like a uh, pyramid? And so you have a group of leaders in the very top, and they're chosen by God. And in that, then, then you have a greater number of, of in the various positions as you move your way through the hierarchy, if you will. But a pastor is an individual that is given the responsibility uh, to care for the well-being of the family, okay? There's a heart of compassion there. Uh, it has gifts of healing, deliverance, wise counsel. There are words of knowledge. Now, just a, a bit of understanding there. I think we talked about it in the prophetic. But what happens is you'll see the gift mixes of these various positions flow back and forth within the positions. Like, there is, uh, this is all you do. You can be used by God in any way that he wants to use you. Uh, and one of, the, one of the ways that you look at that is that uh, you are the loose change in God's pocket, and he gets to spend you any way that he wants to, okay? And uh, I like that. I like that, that, that concept. And so um, as we talk about these things, I want you to know that just because a particular area is mentioned or you feel like you're in one area, it doesn't mean that God won't use you in another area, Okay? So he gets to spend 
his anointing any way he wants to within his creation. Because we have a tendency, because we ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we're always trying to figure God out. We're always trying to, uh, to, to, uh, to understand. And, and the understanding many times is not to know God, but to actually comprehend or control God. You realize that knowing God is not that we actually comprehend him, but to know God is to experience God. And yet, when you ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what happened was is you, you, you stepped away from relationship and you went to our intellectual understanding, a deep desire, literally, to comprehend God. And you and I can't do that. Now, what's interesting is that we always give lip service to the truth, but in our practice within our own hearts, sometimes our hearts don't match up with what we confess to be true, okay? An example would be, Jesus is Lord. Yes, he is. He's Lord of everything. And then in practice, except for these other things inside of my life that I really don't want to give him lordship to, okay? And then we live in this self-deception, that idea that as we confess truth, that what happens is it does not mean that we actually practice the truth, God is looking for a relationship in which we are receive the truth, and then in that we practice the truth. In other words, the truth actually lives, is lived out in our lives. And there is a disconnect that takes place many times within us. In that, that's why you and we have each other. I can reflect when I go, you know what? You say this, but I'm a little confused. I don't see that actually taking place in your life. Now, you have two ways to de of dealing with that. You can say, you're crazy, you're wrong, get away from me. I never want to talk to you again. Or you can be humble, <laughs> as David was, and you go, oh, maybe that's true. And then you do time with the Lord to find out what is really going on there. Why? Because God wants to sanctify our motivations. He wants to purify our motivations. These particular positions work when there is maturity, when there's a sanctification of the motivations within our heart, when there is real transformation that takes place and that is done in the cooperation with the Spirit of God. And when he does that, then maturity grows. Okay, so... Um, the pastor has uh, the oversight of the body, of the of the individual, um, and and uh, of the individual uh, church community. He has he or she has various gifts, and remember, all of these particular positions are not gender uh, uh, they're not gender specific. In other words, uh, both men and women can have fulfill all of these positions. Uh, and we see that uh, functioning within the world today. Uh, uh, we see, uh, like in the American church, we see that there are teaching pastors, there are executive pastors, there are family life pastors, there are worship pastors. The list goes on and on. Those are individuals that have kind of a subset of that whole pastoring. But ultimately, the goal of a pastor is to care for the spiritual well-being 
of the individuals under uh, his or her leadership. Okay, and then we'll move to teachers. Teachers are anointed with the understanding or revelation. Uh, they're the largest in number within the body of Christ, and uh, they are given the ability. Uh, I think uh, it was uh, uh, at one point, um, I think very early in Mara's and my uh, Holy Spirit journey, uh, we were a part of a church uh, when we lived in Newton, Iowa, and uh, this individual, this pastor, was an incredible teacher. It was kind of like he would preach for a long time, but it didn't seem for like a long time. And then what would happen is when he would stop, we'd go, no, don't stop. You know, just there was, there was an anointing on him. Uh, see, for me, people go, please stop. <laughs> You've talked too much. No, <laughs> no. but uh, anyway, there are individuals, and there are varying degrees within these. So in other words, there are, there are varying degrees of anointing within a teacher. There are varying degrees of anointing with, as pastor or evangelist as you move through that. One of the key things to understand is, is that as you step into uh, these uh, uh, positions that God has chosen you to fulfill, as you grow in maturity, uh, you then begin to see the fruit. And so we see different levels of fruit. Remember Jesus said that, uh, and, and uh, Paul talked about the, the fact that there there are different levels of fruit. Now, Jesus' desire is, is that all of us bear much fruit. Uh, but we also see the, the principle of the 20, the 40, the 60, those kinds of things. As you and I are faithful in whatever God has given us in these positions, what happens is the fruit increases. If you are faithful what God has given you, he will give you more. And so what we see, maybe you might say, well, I'm not a teacher, but you can be a teacher. You can teach your sphere of influence. In other words, wherever you're called, you have the opportunity to share the kingdom, to share the kingdom revelation that has come to you. Now, as you grow in maturity, there's a deeper impartation of God's power within you to be, see greater and greater fruitfulness in your life. And so... All of us start off as babes in Christ, all our children, and we grow up in that. The Apostle Paul teaches the fact that he wants the church to grow, to grow up into maturity. And in that maturity, we see a greater level of fruitfulness. And so you can look at your life and go, well, I'm really nothing. Now, that is a lie from the kingdom of darkness. God chose you for such a time as this, to fulfill his plan and purpose. Now, if I believe the lie that I don't have much to offer, then I won't offer much. Do you realize that? Do you realize that what you believe about yourself and believe about God can limit the effectiveness and the fruit in your life? And so... I would encourage you this morning to just throw off all of the 
the, the uh, oppression that's come against you. Every lying spirit that says that you're nothing or that you have nothing to offer, it's a lying spirit. You have a lot to offer. Why? Because God, his presence indwells us and desires to reflect his true nature and character through us. And out of that, God's kingdom will be fruitful. We will see dramatic fruit. I believe that the church has not understood its call. I believe the church has not understood the structure. Uh, what's happened for many churches is the, the pastor is the pinnacle, if you will. Now, the pastor has leadership ability. He's been chosen or appointed. And so with that, he has elements of apostolic leadership within him, he or she. And, uh, uh, or they may have evangelists. I mean, there are a lot of different gifts. There will be the prophetic in that. There are certain groups of people within the American church, particularly, who don't believe that the apostolic position is available. They don't believe that there are the prophetic, and they don't believe... Uh, they may give uh, lip service to the evangelist, uh, and then, uh, of course, pastor, and then teacher. But when you begin to cut off those places of leadership then the church begins to wander, okay? And I think what you've seen in the American church is the lack of apostolic and the prophetic functioning in its capacity and not actually being utilized, and the church has lost its way. So you and I have the responsibility to step back in under the authority of God, his structure, and begin to see the kingdom move ahead, and actually take back what rightfully belongs to God, and that is this realm. This world rightfully, Jesus bought us, and he bought every individual on the face of the earth, and yet we don't see people coming into the kingdom, primarily because we don't actually live within the structure that God has called us to, and there's a lack of purity, a lack of... Um, of uh, 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 responsibility that takes place within us, and so we don't see the movement as we should. Okay, so the appointments uh, of God in these positions produce fruit and the evidence of the appointment, and so the fruitfulness points to the fact that you've been called to do that. So um, I've been places where people will give you a card that says prophet so-and-so. I would encourage you to run the other direction as fast as you can. So because if, if they need to give you a business card to prove their giftedness or their call, that's not the way the kingdom works. In other words, you are recognized by your fruit. You don't have to promote yourself. The kingdom of God is not promoting yourself, it's promoting God. And so when people begin to promote themselves through saying, I am this, then you go, well, I would need to actually look at the fruit, you know. But so just an encouragement, your fruit will indicate your call. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for fruit. And we want to bless the fruit. And we want to actually cooperate with the fruit of God. So maturity brings greater fruit, and 
It all rests in intimacy and obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Yeah. So intimacy is love. If you rest in that position of, of intimacy with God, and then out of that, you hear his voice and you step into obedience, then God is able to promote you. He's able to call you and then anoint you. And um, in that, then, God then promotes individuals, and he starts with a teacher. So every apostle, first of all, started out as a teacher. Every apostle, first of all, started off as a pastor. Every apostle may not have functioned as a evangelist uh, in the big picture, but did evangelize individuals. They did then work with the prophetic and still do. And so an apostle, uh, if you're looking at the pinnacle, if you will, or the, 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 uh, the general within the army of God, they have fruits in all of the various stages of, that are below them, if you will. And I hate to use the idea of above and below, okay? I don't, know, I don't want to communicate that one has greater value, and that's not the point. All of us have the same value to God, okay? He died for us. But positions have different levels of authority, and different acts of service for God. We can't be apostles to all, everyone. We don't need that many apostles. But we do need to be a teacher to everyone, don't we? Yeah. And it has to do with, the Apostle Paul uh, addresses, I forget which one of the, the churches, but basically uh, they, were, they were criticizing Paul. And uh, he's, he's not that. He's not that, the, the big deal that everyone says that he is. And, he, and, and the Apostle Paul says, you're right to you. You won't let me be an apostle to you. So I am not an apostle to you. See, so as we look at these positions, um, you might be a teacher, but not everyone will accept your teaching. And you will not be a teacher to them because they won't let you be. That says that you and I need to be humble and let those individuals who've been called by God and anointed by God, we want to give them permission to have access into our lives to teach us, to pastor us, to give prophetic words, to bring about the transformation of, of salvation in people's lives, to bring leadership and structure to the church. And so you and I have a responsibility to cooperate with those individuals who God has chosen, anointed, and produces fruit. Why? Because it benefits us. It is for our benefit. Is not the entire structure of the kingdom of God designed for the benefit of the children of God? Yeah. And so in humility, you know, with integrity and respect, I was listening to the sermon this morning, we want to submit to the structure of the church, to those individuals who have been called. And the Apostle Paul, I, I love it. He says, those people who are in authority over you, don't make their lives miserable. <laughs> don't do that. In fact, pray for them. 
Care for them, garden them, do everything you can. Why? Because they'll answer before the Lord. No, that's okay. They'll answer, they'll answer before the Lord, you know, uh, how they led you. You know, um, uh, in the book of James, it says that the, the pastors, the teachers, those individuals over the flock, they're held to a higher level of accountability. That makes me shake. <laughs> uh, and so you and I are not here to make it more difficult for the leaders, for those who are gifted in particular areas. We are here to actually bless them, to encourage them, to care for them as best we can, and then in that, receive. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, it's always about um, the receiving the freshness of God in each of us, whatever God is doing within us. In other words, it is for our mutual benefit. And so as we and you and I cooperate with God, as we step into what he's called us to, we have the opportunity to both be a blessing and to receive a blessing. That's a beautiful thing. Now, uh, Jeff and I had talked about, uh, oh, are there any questions? I forgot to ask. Yeah, is there, is there anything uh, we've talked? Uh, I actually forgot to ask you if you had any questions for the last sessions it's like oh, this is that's not a very uh well you know i teaching you know i'm still growing in that okay <laughs> uh so are there any questions we've talked for uh, i have talked you've graciously listened for the last several weeks have any questions about uh the the five-fold ministry how it works uh at least uh, what i can i can help with i'm not a uh one who knows everything but uh i can share you with you from my my poverty yes Sure. You mentioned Billy Graham as an example of a modern day evangelist. Right, exactly. Is there anything that comes to your mind of modern day or relative to modern day people who have fulfilled those offices? Oh, uh, the other offices? Right, exactly. Uh, well, I see uh, as far as an apostolic individual, those individuals uh, from a kingdom perspective. Now, see, uh, you might have a denomination that would have, and they may not even call it, but uh, their chief kahunta, you know, would be, would be considered their apostle, okay? But uh, be because I come from a kingdom background, for me, uh, the only thing that I would understand would be those who function in a, in, a, in a kingdom mindset. In other words, the idea of an apostle here is to establish and to cultivate the culture of the kingdom within the body of Christ. Those would be individuals like Randy Clark, um, uh, individuals like uh, uh, Bill Johnson, Redding, California. Uh, those are kingdom individuals. Reinhard Bonnke, I think, recently passed, and he would have been a considered an apostle. I think he was from South Africa. Uh, but um, uh, then if you look at uh, Graham Cook would be uh, one from the prophetic aspect as far as an individual uh, that is within the prophetic community. Um, Cindy Jacobs would be another uh, prophetic voice. Uh, so uh, there are many people that have, and these would be individuals that have global influence. Uh, Heidi Baker would be an apostolic voice. Uh, she... Uh, uh, she, let's see, I forget what her background was, but uh, it was at uh, the Toronto Revival where she received 
uh, her impartation as an apostolic leader to take over Mozambique. And see, for that, she has literally the country of Mozambique. Is, uh, she has apostolic leadership over that country. Yeah, it's a global, yeah, it's grown since that. See, her faithfulness, it was, her story is, is, is just crazy. Uh, I mean, she, they, were, they planted churches on various places, and it felt like the Lord was selling them in, in Mozambique, and she saw very little fruit. Uh, and it wasn't until she went to the Toronto uh, Blessing, uh, uh, the outpouring of the Spirit, I think back in the 80s at that point, uh, that uh, she... Uh, I think it was Randy Clark who was ministering, uh, said, uh, God wants to know if you want Mozambique. And she said, yes. She went out under the spirit and laid on the floor for, I mean, she literally was empowered by God for weeks before she actually, uh, and then she went through this incredible testing. I mean, she was sick. She was in the hospital. I mean, there was so much warfare over the call of her life. But out of all of that, she came back, and I, it's my understanding that Mozambique was considered a Muslim country, but under her leadership now, it's actually flipped. It's now a Christian country. There are more Christians than there are Muslims in Mozambique through her ministry. And so that's an, that's an incredible witness. And so uh, God is on the move. Uh, you know, it's kind of like... Uh, unless you connect with the kingdom media and mindset, uh, the, 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 you don't hear about what God is really doing. He's doing miraculous and marvelous things. And sometimes we live in, here in the Midwest and we feel that it's a struggle to, to maintain life. It's hard to get people saved. I mean, you know, it just, I mean, it just seems like there's so... And I just, you just need to know that God is doing wonderful and miraculous things around the world, and we're just many times not aware of it. And, uh, and you and I get to be a part of that. I think that the challenges that this country, this, uh, this is a, a kind of a, just a side note, the challenges that we're facing as a country now have incredible kingdom opportunities. I want you to think about all that's going on as now an opportunity for God to break through and do some powerful things in this country and really begin to change the culture. And we do not want to surrender to fatalism and to that passivity and the, oh, woe is me, and that mindset that says, oh, it's so difficult. It's in that where God, is where God meets us. This is an opportunity for you and I to let the five-fold ministry come to fruition within our lives in whatever way God, that God chooses in order to see the kingdom advanced in this country and then around the world. This country has had a call to send missionaries, and now we need missionaries coming to us. <laughs> you know, and so... That would happen, that the missionaries would come to us? Because we sent out so many missionaries from this country. Yes. That we would have the favor of God. Right. For the time when they will need. To send. We need them to come in. 
come back to us, yeah. And so we, we send out the seeds, it bears fruit, and now out of the excess of the fruit, it now comes back to bless us. And so God, open up heaven. Yes, let it come. So whatever way you want to do it. All right, so we want to do some impartations. So all of you stand up. You're all going to be teach. Oh, I'm sorry, questions, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, for the last couple of years, I've been really struggling in my, my brain. And I've asked Jeff and, and um, Janie and Steve. I've, I've asked a few people close to me to, to pray for me. I didn't know if it was Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, and I, then I tried not to worry about it. And I think I had that all along in my career, but I didn't have time to actually be alone with God to see that there was trouble in my brain. So about three months ago, um, Pastor Bruce came up to me after church, and he said to me, God wants me to tell you he wants to heal your brain. And I was like, uh, I'm like, I'm all ears. I was just like, I was just like, Okay, I'm like, that would be great. And so uh, Steve and I met with Mara and Bruce over like three weeks, and I don't know how much time they spent with me and prayed over me. And, I mean, it, it has been literally amazing. And then when you refer to me as an evangelist, I never saw that about myself. I can and see so, it over you, yeah. But, you know, Pastor Bruce, if you had not said that that day to me, right. you didn't really know me. I didn't nope. really know you. I knew your wife from Terry and Tim and stuff. But that was powerful. And I know that God's going to do some amazing things now that I have a clear brain. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for your teaching and your pastoring and Jeff and Jamie for ministering to me all these years. But... I just had no idea that I could have that kind of healing in my brain. Right, right. So, thank you. You are welcome. Our pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that would be where you would be operating the prophetic. Because, uh, and it was, and that's, for me, I, I, and I wouldn't consider myself a prophet. I was, I was chosen as a pastor. Uh, God gave, called me to be a pastor. And I think I shared with you how that happened, you know, where the pastors, I mean, the prophetic just kept hammering with, with me with, uh, you're going to be a pastor. Did I share that with you? Yeah. Maybe some of you, but yeah. And I kept refusing that until finally I said, okay, I surrender. And I, I did not do it with a good attitude, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. No, I didn't. I, I, I had just a lot of bad attitudes in my relationship with God, and I didn't realize it until he started really pressing in on me. Uh, and so, but, uh, so my primary call is a pastor because that's what God chose. Now, it doesn't mean that I won't move into another direction, but that's a, the initial call was a pastor. But as a pastor, then what happens is, is that uh, God uses us in varying degrees. Now, it, it depends. Uh, there are different levels of giftedness, but uh, our spiritual mentors trained us in the prophetic. We would sit in their living room, and they would say, okay, so what's God saying to you? And we go, hmm, I don't know, this or whatever, you know. And they just kept working with us. We'd sit there for a couple of hours. 
and they'd tell us when we heard correctly and when we didn't hear correctly. Now, you do have to have a pretty, pretty humble spirit to do that because it's like you go, oh, I think this, and they go, no, not even close, you know. <laughs> and they, they loved us, and they sacrificed their life, but they loved us so much they could be just brutally honest with us, and that really did accelerate our spiritual growth as a result of that. But uh, so that was a prophetic word that I had. And uh, I, I first, the first time I, I, I heard the Lord say that was uh, when we were standing outside the beacon, we were picking up those uh, cupcakes. Yeah. 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 And uh, it was just like God highlighted Christy to me. And it was like, and then he said, I want to heal her brain. Well, I didn't know anything. I mean, she just, uh, she's a regular outgoing businesswoman. Little did I know. I mean, it's like, well, that's kind of an interesting thing. And, but he just kept saying that every time I would see her, you know, and that's when I finally, we were able to intersect at church here. And I said, that's what God wants to do. Yeah, Mara? Well, I have lots of things to say, but I will just... Yes. Yeah, so these are not designed to limit you. These are designed to release you, okay? Because the kingdom is not to limit us. It's to release us into whatever God wants to do in and through our lives. Yeah, and we, he can use all of the gifts all of the time or any time he wants to within us for the mutual blessing of the body of Christ. So as an individual gets healed, it releases not only a healing in a larger setting, but also the healed individual then becomes more fruitful and actually benefits the entire body of Christ. That's why, you know, that whole idea of uh, you realize that the enemy's ploy to turn us into selfish beings was our destruction. Selfishness destroys us but loving each other encouraging each other looking for the best and calling the best out of each other releases us it brings freedom to every one of us 
It is to our benefit to call out the best in each other. And we see the kingdom released as a result of that. So uh, any other questions or comments? Well, I was just going to say, Bruce. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with Todd Lake. Oh, yes, the healing guy. He did a mighty work down Yes. And Catherine Kuhlman. I was, yes. Uh, Yeah, she was actually here in Mason City for a few years in the, the old KMNT uh, TV was, uh, was the radio chapel. Uh, and uh, so she got, she got her start here. It wasn't until she went back to Pennsylvania, back into her home country, that the anointing really began to fall on her uh, uh, and Pittsburgh. And then she became a, an international traveler. Uh, uh, I told you, I think, uh, about the, the six volumes of God's Generals. I have a couple of those. If you're interested, just let me know. Uh, uh, I have the one with Catherine Coleman in it. But uh, they talk about uh, those individuals uh, uh, in the, the recent past uh, in our, uh, our nation and around the world who had immense apostolic calls on their lives to establish kingdom of God culture within the body of Christ. And so, uh, so uh, if you want, that would be a good Christmas gift. Ask someone to give you all six volumes. <laughs> ha, and, and, you know, so you're thinking about Christmas gifts. Okay. Uh, anything else here? I don't. Yes, Kelly. Yeah, thanks for that word. It, it's uh, it's a, an open vision. You're seeing it uh, yeah, as far as... Now, and one of the things that that speaks to is the fact that we have different sized plots of land. We have different spheres of influence, okay? Some are larger and some are smaller. It doesn't matter. What we want to do is we want to be do a, a good job of stewardship with what we've got. One of the beautiful things about the kingdom is that he will expand your plot of ground. As you are faithful in producing the fruit that he's called you to in whatever he's given you, he then begins to expand that. And so you may start out with a hoe and end up with a combine, okay? You may be digging in the backyard with a hoe, but ultimately God would desire to give you acres and acres of land that would require a kind. That, that's why you want to have a heavenly perspective. You want to, be, in other words, God, gives me, give me the ability to see with your eyes, to see what you want to see, me to see. And uh, yeah, we don't judge. Father God is the one who actually evaluates. All right. Mar will be doing a three-week teaching uh, starting, yeah, starting next week. Uh, and No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. You should have said this. <laughs> so why don't you stand and let's pray over all of you because you all can become teachers. You all probably are. You have various areas of influence, your own home. You have your neighbors. Uh, you have places that you work, those kinds of things. And so, Lord, we just release now over you. The, uh, we, Lord, we release now over these individuals, your, your, your church your children, we release the gift of and the appointment and the uh, anointing 
of you as a teacher. We release teaching over them now, the ability to teach. Lord, I ask that you would grant each of us a deeper revelation of your truth, that we might share that. Lord, I ask that you would, uh, would fine-tune our conversations with people, that we would be filled with salt and light, and we would release now the salt and the light of your kingdom into our relationships. And so, Lord, we just now receive the anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, let it come. Let it come, Lord God. Do your will. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. The glory of the Lord is the weightiness of God. Some of you may be feeling a weight upon you. Uh, sometimes uh, your hands may get hot. There may be a temperature change within your physical body. There are different kinds of manifestations that can take place. Lord, we ask that you would just reveal that now over our lives. We rest in that. Yeah. Lord, we ask that your peace would settle into our lives, and that we would, we would uh, become the teachers that you've desired us to be within those places that we have access. Yeah. Lord, we ask that uh, if there are any individuals here that uh, in their areas of influence that uh, you have chosen to be pastor, yeah, with hearts of compassion, um, Lord, I just see that uh, you use individuals here to minister uh, to their friends with hearts of compassion. And so, Lord, we ask that, uh, that you would grant to us the ability to pastor and pastor well those relationships. Yeah. Open up heaven. Pour out your anointing upon us that we might live as pastors in our areas of influence. Lord, may we garden the plots of soil well. Yeah, may our lives reveal your choice in us. May our lives reveal your fruitfulness. Yeah, may our lives live as testimonies to your goodness. Lord, we thank you that you are patient and kind and you want everyone to come to repentance. And so, Lord, we now receive the anointing of evangelists in our areas of influence. In those places that you've given us authority, we ask, Lord God, that you would now release and grow that spirit of evangelism, that position of evangelism, that gift, that anointing of evangelism in order to bring about conversions. Lord, we know that no one can confess that you are Lord other than the movement of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we receive the power of your Holy Spirit now to actually allow us to be used by your Spirit to speak the words of your Spirit into the lives of people that they might come to know you, that they would step into your kingdom, into your rule and reign. Thank you, Lord. And we receive that now. Our hearts are open to 
growth in that to transformation, to increase, Lord God, in each of these gifts, in each of these positions, in each of these anointings, may, may there be an increase in our lives. So, Lord, we now in the prophetic, Lord, Lord, we thank you for your willingness to give us eyes to see, to see as you see. And so, Lord, may our hearts be tenderized and connected to you so that we might see, Lord God, we might see you and we might see what you see. Lord, may our words be words that bring strength and encouragement and comfort. Lord, we deeply desire to step into the prophetic. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. Yeah. And we rest in your sufficiency. We rest in the increase. And Lord, we take hold of all of the good things that you have for us. And we draw those into us, Lord God. We just pull on everything that is of you. And we say yes and amen to your plans and purposes. And so, Lord, with the apostolic, with those places of leadership, those places of influence, Lord, may we all be apostles to those groups of people that we have access to. Lord, may we bring your kingdom culture into their lives. Lord, we ask that you would consume us with your presence. We ask that you would consume us with the culture of heaven. And may heaven not only invade us, but flow through us to touch the lives of people around us. Lord, we thank you for this privilege to be your sons and daughters, to be the royal priesthood, to be chosen by you for such a time as this, to be used by you to bring your kingdom rule and reign into this realm. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are so good. You are so filled with love. You are, you are beyond our comprehension. And Lord, I thank you that you have given us the invitation to experience your goodness. Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood. You are the one who has made this possible. You give us the Father. And so, Lord God, we embrace we embrace Holy Spirit. We embrace Jesus as Lord and Savior. We embrace Father God. And we say yes and amen to your plans and purposes for our lives, for this church life, and for this call that you've placed upon us to bring your, uh, your rule and reign to this community and as it extends around the world. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.